Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. And I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance the mission of your nonprofit or if you're a freelance grant writer or nonprofit consultant, the many different nonprofits you serve. All right, we are going to talk today about raising money during a recession or during inflation. Is freelance grant writing still a good job? So we're definitely going to be looking at that. And if you're working in a nonprofit and you're like, I haven't really thought about becoming a freelance grant writer or doing that right now, you're still going to want to tune in because someday you might want to, right? Um, something can happen, like layoffs happen, quitting your job sometimes is important. Life changes, right, where you really need to have more autonomy, more freedom. Um, you might move, like all of those things can happen. So it's always good to have something in your back pocket. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely interested in grant writing. A lot of you I know have grant writing experience. So this is something to really tune your ear to. And I'm gonna really break down why this is still a good job. And even just freelance writing in general, we're gonna be talking about that. But especially grant writing, why you can actually, and you know, a lot of you might think, can I even make money doing that? Yes, you can. And we're gonna talk about how you can do that and why. And if you're interested and you're still like, I'm not sure, I want more information about this, you're in luck because we are having an amazing webinar coming up and that's gonna be a live webinar. We're super excited about it and that is three proven strategies to start a freelance grant writing consultancy and get you a first paying client. Yes, you are gonna walk away with knowing how to do that. So do sign up, that is May 31st at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard. You will also be on the wait list then for our Freelance Grant Writer Academy and that is starting up in June. And hey, hold the phone here you guys. We have revamped our entire program, so it is now an annual program. You are gonna have support on how to learn grant writing skills and how to start a freelance grant writing business from scratch and get your first paying client. You're gonna have support for an entire year to help you through that process and to get you on your feet so you really feel solid and so that you're bringing in some money with your skills. So we're definitely gonna help you do that. The door is open in June, but once again, if you sign up for that webinar, um, you will definitely be on the wait list and we'll have more information about that. I'm super excited that we turn it into a year long program because now you'll also have time where we review your grants before you submit them to clients. You'll also have support and coaching throughout and it's so important. And then once you're ready, we also have our grant professional mentorship. So that's once you started your business and you really wanna scale it, then you can move into that program. But we really wanted to separate these two programs because a lot of people first just need to get, you know, I wanna figure out if this is something for me, I wanna get it started, see how I like it, see how it really works, and then when I'm solid, then I wanna scale, then I wanna start filling up my, my entire calendar, right? So once again, do join us May 31st at 3 p.m. Eastern as we're gonna go into our three proven strategies to start a freelance grant writing consultancy and get your first paying client. And we have a link for that in the show notes at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 271. 
And that's going to be the show notes for our entire show today. And also, a big shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, and that's GEMS Grant Easy Management Software. We're super excited to be supported by GEMS today because they are amazing. If you're managing a lot of different grants, so say you are a freelance grant writer, you might have a several different clients and they have a lot of different grants going on, you never wanna lose where you put all those grants or when you contacted the funding source, what that conversation was, what the contact information was, what your grant writing success were, like how many grants have you even won, how many have you submitted, all of the things, that's all done in GEMS. And that's for you grant writers out there too, who work inside nonprofits and need to track that. Because believe you me, an Excel sheet is not enough, right? So if you never want to miss a grant deadline again, yes, they also give you alerts for when grant deadlines are coming up, then do join a free demo. And you can check that out at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash gems, that's G-E-M-S. Thank you again to Gems for sponsoring today's episode. All right, so let's get back into it and in that we're really looking at what's happening today. Inflation's going on. We've just come out of COVID. There's so many things going on, right? And a lot of people are like, ooh, I don't know, is grant writing still gonna be a thing? Well, let me tell you, it is still a thing for sure. And in our lifetime, it's always gonna be a thing. I am a big advocate, even if you're like, okay, I just wanna start a business so I have it in my pocket, and even if I'm gonna keep my full-time job, or you know, maybe I'll start a business for a year or two, and then I'll move into a full-time job. That's fine, but here's the thing. I am an advocate of you knowing how to generate money from your skills. That is so important because you never know what life's gonna throw at you, as we've been through, and it's always good to have a skill in your back pocket to know how to generate money while using your skills, right? And like I said, a lot of you guys out there already know how to write grants, you're learning how to write grants, and this is something that you can always bring in income if you ever need to. So even if you're looking forward to retiring or taking time off, but you still want a little cash here to come in here and there, grant writing is something that can help you do that. Or if you wanna start a full-fledged grant writing agency and have tons of grant writers under you and make a million dollars or more per year, that's something you can do, right? So it's always good to have the skill in your back pocket where you can generate money if you need to or want to with a skill that you know how to do. And as all of you guys out there are tuning into this podcast and you're really learning more about grants, this is a skill that can always bring in money. And here's why. Let me just break down the landscape real quick. As in 2022, um, there were 1.5 million 501c3 organizations registered with the IRS, and that's in the United States. That's a lot of nonprofits that are actually registered with the IRS. And why I'm making that distinction is because a lot of eligibility to get grants or even to get donations a lot of times, an organization as a nonprofit has to actually be registered as such a charitable organization. And a 501c3 is a certain, that's most nonprofits are in that realm. So there's 1.8 million nonprofits actually registered with the IRS and 1.5 million of them are 501c3s. Um, so most of you out there are 501c3s, right? And if you're not, it doesn't mean you're not eligible for grants, it just means that you may be eligible for different types of giving and you may have different restrictions and so forth. 
But that's just to say, that's a lot of organizations. And even here on Guam, what I did, we're a population of about 160,000. And I went to the Department of Revenue and Taxation because that's where all of the nonprofits have to register and went through a list of who's all been submitting their 990s over the last three years. And what I found is that there were over 800, and mind you, this is a population of 160,000, there were 800 registered nonprofit organizations here in that population. And if you're freelancing, you know, if you're taking on, say even if you're a solopreneur and this is your full-time thing, you may only need or want four clients. That can keep you busy. So it doesn't take a lot of clients to make a very good income, and that could be a six-figure income with four clients, right? So you don't need a lot of clients to actually make a substantial revenue and be very comfortable. That's what's really important to say. There's a lot of organizations out there. There's not anywhere near that amount of grant writers. So you're definitely in demand just because of that. But let's dig in this a little deeper. In 2022, nonprofits in the United States employed 11.9 million people in the US, right, through nonprofits. So that's amazing to be like, nonprofits are also employing people, they're renting out places, they're paying for supplies, they are a part of the economy. And stats show us that they're actually more than $1.7 trillion a part of the US GDP. That's the gross domestic product, so that's 5.7% of the US GDP was actually from nonprofits. Nonprofits are generating that. Like I said, and what they do, they're hiring, they're paying for rent, they're buying supplies, they're a part of the economy, right? And nonprofit industry is the third largest employment industry in the United States, but they're the fastest growing one. So that's amazing. There's definitely a need, not just for freelancers, also for employees for nonprofits, right? There's a lot of need surrounding this because of the growth factor and because, and we're gonna continue to see this growth factor. And why this is, so I'm just really breaking this down for you guys because I really want you to wrap your head around like why even in inflation, even during this age, why freelance grant writing is a very lucrative job for you, side hustle, full-time, etc. All right, so as we know, grants come in federal grants, foundation grants, state grants, right? So there's basically a few different types of grants. Um, those are kind of like just large categories of them. What we're seeing for the US federal government is there was a lot of money pumped in to grants during COVID. And even still, there's a lot of monies that are sitting there that need to be expended, that have been allocated. It takes time, right? It, it's like, it takes time for the US government to really kind of think about how they're gonna be spending these monies, what their trajectories are, all of the things, the review process. Thank God we're out of the, the height of COVID, but just because that's kind of tailoring and tapering off and we're not, you know, we're still seeing money sitting there for the federal government. And it's gonna be there for the next couple of years, these like this infusion of money. And then once we get past that, it's still not gonna disappear. It might go back to pre-pandemic kind of levels, but even those, there was grants, right? People are still writing grants before. So I really wanted to share some information with you all. It's gonna be a lot of data. I don't want you to get hung up on it so much, but I just really want you to see the growth in this. 
So in 2019, the federal government actually had over 458,000 grants that it gave out. So I love to look at pre-pandemic, right? So we can see what's going on. And the amount of dollars was that was 4.7 trillion, and that's also in fixed charges, right? So that was a huge portion of the budget, 67%. That's a lot of money. Then we get to 2020, there was about 22,000 more grants given out, but there was $6.8 trillion dispersed. So if you went from 2019, 4.7 trillion, 2020, 6.8 trillion. 2021, we saw almost 100,000 more grants and it went up to $7.5 trillion. So we saw a huge infusion, especially in 2021, of grants, right? Like I said, it takes time. They may have approved some things in 2020, but by the time it actually got into allocations, that's 2021. Now if we looked at 2022, we did see a slight decrease. So we saw there, there was a 570,000 federal grants given out in 2021. It went down to about 512,000 in 2022, still a lot. And then it went down a trillion dollars from 7.5 down to 6.5. But we're still looking at even more grants that were given out than 2020. And we're seeing about the same amount of money in 2020 as 2020, right? In 2022. So in 2023, what do we see? We still see allocations of money set aside. There's still money. And even if we get back to the pre-pandemic levels, that's $4.7 trillion. There's still a lot of monies that are sitting there with the US federal government. And that's just the US federal government. Those are just federal grants. So I know I had to break down some data with you guys there, but I just really wanted you guys to wrap your ears around that and to hear there is money out there. Nonprofits should be going after this money, right? And here's the thing though, we also saw the great resignation right, happening over the last couple of years. We've seen quiet quitting happening, right? We've seen these big social movements too, where people were like, okay, I liked working from home. I don't find, you know, a lot of meaning or a lot of value or feel valued potentially, right, in this workspace. Um, there was a lot of different things going on. Like I said, a lot of social movements. So people everywhere all of a sudden were going, oh my gosh, it's so hard to keep and retain and even hire people for these salaried positions. And not only that, but we've also seen that nonprofits then feel like they really, I mean, this has always been where they feel like they need to kind of fight with corporates uh, as far as like giving higher salaries to retain people, but a lot of times they, they don't feel like they can do that and all of the things, right? So they're really looking at their budgets as well. And salary, the thing with, uh, freelancers versus salaries. Freelancers are held on a certain contract for a certain duration of time. It's not forever, ever like a, a salaried person who doesn't want to feel dependent of their job just if a grant gets funded or not, right? That's never a fun place to be. So really looking at the shift from nonprofits to say, okay, there's still a lot of us out here. There's still monies that are out there, but man, our capacity has really dwindled down because we're having maybe a hard time retaining or hiring people. We're competing with the corporations. We're competing with um, this, you know, social movement that's not like wanting people to stay more home or whatnot. And maybe we can't allow for that because of certain things in our work, whatever that is, right? And there's just a lot of things to consider. So 
Enter freelance grant writers. <laughs> I told you guys I would get to you. Now you have an opportunity to step in and help nonprofits, right? And you can help them in more ways than just writing the grant because they don't have to hire you as an employee. They don't have to think about, okay, I need office space for you. I have to pay for your computer. I have to pay for your fringe benefits. I've got to do this. I have to keep payroll. I, you know, I've got to keep you on all the time. I have to do training for you. I have to manage you. All of the things that go with an employee are getting increasingly hard, right? And especially in an age of inflation where things are now more expensive than they were before, right? But that's not to say that a nonprofit can really, you know, start paying more salaries, um, higher salaries and all of that and think about that as a long-term strategy. So it really is helpful actually for nonprofits to hire freelancers during these times, right? To hire specialized people to do a certain scope of work, have certain deliverables in a certain amount of time and be able to budget that in. It's not a forever ever, you know, it could be six months, it could be a one year contract. And at the end of that, they can say, okay, we can reevaluate and see where we are. That's harder to say with a staff member, right? Oh, let's wait a year and see how we're doing. Like that's harder because that staff person might start looking for another job, right? Because they don't feel secure. And you're investing so much training, you're investing so much into a staff member that may just turn around and walk away. Whereas a freelancer, you're not investing all of that into them, they're bringing their skills to the table, right? Here, I know how to write grants. I know how to find grants. I know how to look at a funding strategy, like all of the things that they can do or whatever specific scope you want them to do, and they will do that. It's not like you have to make sure they get training for that. They're already bringing that to the table. They're having their own training, et cetera. So it's a really a win-win in this time of inflation for a freelancer to step up, the t up to the table and say, hey, I see, even if they say, hey, I see you're hiring the staff position, but would you consider hiring a freelancer instead? And I've personally done that and I've gotten um, clients that way when I've seen an open staff position and I know that my business can fit all of the needs, I've gone and competed and won them. And the nonprofit's been so happy because then they've been like, oh my gosh, you can turn around and deliver the work. We don't have to keep you on forever. Like it's, it's totally a different relationship. So in that way, yes, during inflation, it is really good for the nonprofit. Now, what about the freelancer? What about you're like, but Holly, they don't have a lot of money. You're saying they don't have a lot of money to pay for staff. Why would they have money to hire me when my rate is going to be maybe higher than a staff person? Well, let's break that down. Is it really higher? I know if you looked at hourly rate, it's gonna be higher, but here's the thing. As I mentioned, that forever ever relationship with a staff member is a huge stress. And especially with inflation and trying to keep them and trying to increase more benefits so they'll stay and all of the things, that's actually a huge strain. And the other thing is, when you're a freelancer, they're not gonna pay for your office space. You're gonna be able to deduct that from your, if it's part of your house, right? If you have an office in your house, you can talk to your bookkeeper and deduct a certain percentage, um, those types of things. But if they have to pay for that, they have to pay for another room, an office, management, training, vacation days, all of the things. That, even though the salary 
might look very different. It might look a lot less to hire someone than to hire a freelancer. When you add up all of those other things, it's going to be very high. So if you come in as a freelancer and yeah, maybe you're gonna charge $5,000 a month on retainer or even more than that, 10 to $15,000 to write a grant. But the thing is, is they can budget for that. They don't have to include all the other things. They don't have to pay for your taxes. They don't have to think about that, that overwhelming stress of keeping somebody on. They actually have a clear budget. They have a clear deliverable. And that's good for you too, because you may be charging $15,000 to write a grant, but if you looked at that, that might be 60 hours of your time. You can definitely take on more of those clients or write more of those grants throughout the year. And it's still gonna come out a win for you as long as you're pricing right and finding the right type of clients. So that's a whole nother thing that we will be talking about more of, especially in that webinar that I mentioned and in our Freelance Grant Writer Academy. We're gonna show you how to do that. When you can do that well, when you have your pricing and you have your ideal clients, then all of a sudden you are really gonna benefit in these times of inflation because you're gonna be able to control your income. So if all of a sudden you need more monies, you can increase your prices, you can get more clients, you can add another service to an existing client. There are many different things that you can do. You are not at a fixed income, which is just becoming less and less and less because of inflation. So that's why it's so important. So you are definitely needed. Your skills are needed. It is a specialized skill to write a grant. It is very helpful for nonprofits because there is money, like you just heard from me, sitting out there. And that's just federals. We didn't even touch the foundation monies that are out there, the state monies that are out there, right? But there is a lot of money out there and even internationally around the world, there are monies out there set aside for nonprofits. So if the nonprofit doesn't have the time, the energy, the capacity, or the staff to go after those monies, they need you, right? They need you to have that specialized skill. And even if an executive director is a grant writer, an amazing grant writer, they don't necessarily want to write grants. They're supposed to be running the nonprofit, right? So definitely this is something that you can do. It can help nonprofits stay within their budget or at least be able to find out their budget and be very clear about it. And it can help you because now all of a sudden you'll have the ability and flexibility to bring in money from your skill and to be able to offer services that bring in money. And even if you're working full time, once again, this is something you can do on the side maybe to offset that inflation right now. Write a grant here and there to offset some of that. So if you are on a fixed income and you know that's not really going up in tandem with inflation, then bringing in some more money is going to be key. So that's really important. Those are all reasons why you can have a lucrative revenue as a freelance grant writer. And if, these are also reasons why you as a nonprofit should really think about, is this good for my nonprofit to hire someone or should I actually be looking at a freelancer? And maybe it's not just for grants, but it could be for other things, social media, copywriting, marketing, right? All of these things, do you really need an in-house person right now during these times? Or does it actually make more sense for your nonprofit to hire a consultant? And we also have our grant writers for hire. So if you are looking to find a grant writer, you can definitely drop in the, the link to that on our show notes today because we have amazing grant writers in our grant professional mentorship. 
that are available for hire. And even them, they're getting filled up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just to see the amount of work that's out there is amazing. Even in the mentorship, it's so funny because they're like, hey, I'm full, can anyone write these types of grants because I need more help? Like, it's so amazing just to see like all of this work coming in because there's so many grants out there. And because nonprofits are really understanding, hey, it's actually better to hire a consultant that can just focus on writing grants right now and I don't have to focus on all the other things with them. And they don't either. They can just focus on writing the grants and that's what they do. So yes, it is your time to really get that in your back pocket to learn how to set up a grant writing business because you never know, right? And we've seen it, we've lived through it. <laughs> so it is important to have something in your back pocket. I even tell my daughter that I'm like, okay, I know your plan, you have the, you know, she has her life plan already, it's so funny. But I'm like, okay, but you also always need to open a business on the side, run a business, and even if that's not what you wanna do forever, just to understand how to do that, just in case you always have something to fall back on. But the thing is, is if you have a skill, you can make that a service which is a business, right, that you can offer. Those of you out there, the grant writing is what you're into. Yes, I know it, because the name of our show is Grant Writing and Funding. Do learn how to run a business on the side, and it doesn't have to be like a business, right? You can freelance, right? But you do have to have the, know how to set up your business, and so you can make it lucrative. So it's very easy to run, very easy to set up, there are systems in place that can help it become a lot more simple and that you'll be able to work as a grant writer specifically and get your first paying client. All right, that's what I have for today on our show, Grant Writing and Funding. Once again, check out the show notes today, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 271. You can also sign up for our amazing webinar there happening on May 31st, and that is three proven strategies to start a freelance grant writing consultancy and get your first paying client. You're definitely gonna wanna sign up for that and be on our wait list for our Freelance Grant Writer Academy. All right, I will see you next week. And thank you again for GEMS for sponsoring today's episode. Once again, you can definitely get a free demo with them. We'll have the link in the show notes for today. Oh, and some fun news. We have reached over 100 ratings now on iTunes. So every week you're, uh, you hear me going, hey, if you love the show, please do me a review on this podcast because it does help other people find the podcast. And you guys are doing that. So thank you so much for going out there, getting on iTunes. I know it's like a couple of steps you have to take to leave a review. So thank you so much to all of you listeners out there who are doing that. Please do continue to do that. It makes my heart warm up. And just as a, a special love offering, I um, just want to say a big thank you to Jacqueline Berg. Uh, and they write, Tangible. I love how simple and easy to put into place the tips are for increasing your grant success. So thank you for that amazing review. And we do read every single review that you guys submit. So once again, if you love the podcast, please do your review and help us reach over 100 ratings on the Grant Rating and Funding Podcast on iTunes or on any of your podcast players. I will see you next week. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I'll see you at the webinar. Bye-bye.